so so there's diff there's different factors to what the whole the whole school thing for me, but um, I think a huge part of it and what separates me from my peers right now is my diet and my sleep. The, the number one advice my mom gave to me when I was going off to college is like, don't do all nighters. You know what you know at midnight at from midnight, unless you're like popping Adderalls, which everyone does, but me, <laughs> unless you're, unless you're, unless you're getting hopped up on speed at midnight from midnight to 6am, you're mostly just forgetting stuff. You're, and, and when you take that exam at 8am, you're going to be so tired that the stuff you knew at midnight, uh, you're going to mess up on the exam. So sleep is sleep is always super important too. But yeah, a lot of people uh, just can't pay attention. They have this brain fog and they just live that way because they just eat usually like wheat and every single day and they never have a day where they don't eat it. So they just like walk around with this like in their yeah. like going off in their brain and they can't focus and, and they're constant and they're not dumb. They're not like stupid people. They just like they just have this they just have this food insensitivity that they haven't figured out yet. So in relation to that, there's something that I, I like to do with some people when it necessitates it. And, and there's issues that I'll kind of describe as we go along with it. But people come in with that kind of those kind of issues and we see those kind of issues. I like to do a little bit of an elimination style diet with mm -hmm. them because they need to know what it feels like to be off of dairy and off of wheat and the things that have been messing them up for so long. Yeah. I don't hundred percent agree with an elimin elimination style diet long-term, but short-term you think of uh, paleo and whole 30 specifically mm -hmm. because those do a pretty good job of getting out those problematic foods and you do it for like 30 days, namely with gluten, it take, it can take up to two weeks for your body to dispose of all of that gluten in particular mm -hmm. from stuff that I've read. And if you don't give yourself a chance, you're never going to know. You're like, Oh, I stopped eating it. And two weeks later, you're like, Oh, I didn't feel any change. Well, it's probably still there. Yeah. So, you know, we, that's when I like to prescribe like something like that. But long term, it's just not realistic because you can't avoid some of those things unless you're a celiac and you have to do it or whatever. You're just not going to be able to avoid those things lifelong. So I don't like to use them as a lifestyle diet. Yeah, for me, I'm just that stuff is so toxic to me. I have completely eliminated it. But at the same time, if it doesn't really crush you like it crushes me, like, yeah. Go ahead and eat a pizza every once in a while or, you know, whatever doesn't absolutely destroy you. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just for me, I can't eat it. And that's kind of a choice I've made. But it will be a person to person basis. And I think or you are right, like elimination diets as a whole long term usually aren't sustainable, but they're pretty easily that's pretty easy for me to sustain it. Just because when you have to, <laughs> just because yeah. I know the consequences yeah. the next day. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you know the consequences and you know, funny thing about that is so many times, I think when we have somebody remove dairy from their diet and then they add it back in and they end up shitting themselves, yeah. they're like, I didn't know I was allergic to dairy. Yeah. And you go, 
well, you know, most people really are and have problems with it. Uh, I don't have problems with dairy. I think I have a little bit of sinus stuff, but directly like gut problems. Yeah. And that's, and that, that goes down to like, is a food good or bad for you? Like, Oh, it depends. You know, like if you look at the nutrition content of like, especially like, um, like an organic or like a grass fed dairy, like you got like a good amount of omega threes, you got some really good protein and you got a little bit of carbs. So like, if you can handle it, like, yeah, like it's okay to have a little bit of milk after workout would be awesome, but it's not good for me, <laughs> but macronutrient wise, like trial, I think legit bottom line on that is trial and error. Yep. And, uh, since this is kind of a 30,000 foot view on nutrition, that's something that people need to keep in mind is when they're starting to get into eating healthy and things like that, there's things that are branded healthy. They're not necessarily healthy for you. And you may not know this unless you try it. Yep. And some of that's going to be excluding certain foods for a period of time. Coffee. What do you think about coffee? Coffee. I like coffee. It's the number one source of antioxidants for most people in America is coffee. If you look at the research and, you know, we already talked about how this stuff goes with the alcohol study, but if you look at the research, it seems to be a good thing for longevity. At the same time, you can overdo it. You have to be careful. Super addictive. I'm addicted to it. I, the last time I went a day without coffee was when I had the stomach flu, went a whole day without coffee. Um, I felt like garbage anyway, so it didn't really matter. It's, and it can be a performance enhancing type supplement. If you want to look at it like that, I don't take pre-workout. Usually I'll, I'll hammer down an espresso or a small coffee on the way to the gym. And that's enough to get me to get me ready to work out most of the time. Um, there's some pretty good research, especially for like lower body, um, more explosive lifts. A lot of stuff we do in here. Um, coffee can be good for you. Um, the downside is uh, if you're dependent on it, like me, <laughs> uh, it it can hormonally kind of screw you up, and especially it can lead you towards kind of the overtraining adrenal adrenal fatigue side of things so you got to be it's really powerful and you got to be careful with it but yeah i mean i think for the most part uh coffee gets a bit of a bad rap and i think a lot of it is the stuff people put in coffee because <laughs> uh, because when you tell most people like you know uh, is coffee good for you You're like no it's got like a bunch of sugar and and sweeteners and and all well, like not not in my coffee. Yeah, no, <laughs> not not in mine either. That's uh, uh, you know when we said fueled by Starbucks earlier, it was a black iced coffee and a black hot coffee, slightly black. <laughs> yeah. No sweetener though. Yeah, it's um if if your coffee starting to become like a milkshake uh, type deal uh, at at every time you go to Starbucks, if you if you hear the person's order at Starbucks, you have a pretty good idea of the BMI of that person. You can make a pretty good correlation between the person getting their black coffee and the person getting their uh, uh, Frappuccino uh, with all caramel and yeah. a whole bunch of other <laughs> other bad stuff. So that's, that's where people can get down the road with 
a bad relationship with coffee? I think it's uh, between that and it, it's usually abused in the term that the people that are abusing it have a lot of other problems going on. Yep. Uh, and it's like, well, I need more energy to get going. Well, the cap, you know, and so you constantly are pouring on more caffeine in a environment in your body where there's already high cortisol levels and stress levels and things like that. And it just amplifies Amplifies the, the problem. Yeah. What's we, we mentioned it last time. What's your, what's your, you have an earlier cutoff time than I do. Right. Yeah. Mine is uh, about one o'clock. One o'clock. You stop drinking all coffee. The way my schedule goes. It's caffeine in general. Yeah. The way my schedule goes. Um, sometimes I don't get out of school till five and then I will, I will have that coffee at five o'clock, but most days if I, if I'm in control of it, it's probably closer to like two or three o'clock and I tend to metabolize it pretty well. And I tend to get really, really good sleep, even if I have coffee at like five o'clock. Um, so that is my drop dead, like cut off, no more coffee. And I think that's important to pay attention to because yeah. if you're sipping coffee at like seven, 8 PM, uh, are you really going to get that good of sleep? And I don't know. I've got it. There's a couple guys around here that like to drink coffee all the way up to like nine o'clock and they're like, no, I sleep really good. And I, I like to argue with them that you may feel like you sleep good, but I don't know if you're actually getting quality sleep. Yeah. You know? Unless you are a insane because people do metabolize it differently. Yeah, for if sure. If you can, if you can metabolize that coffee in an hour, then more power to yeah. you, I guess. <laughs> more power to you. I, I think, uh, again, the, the bottom line on coffee on this one is like, you know, to each their own. I think it is toxic to some people in some regards because they don't metabolize it at all, caffeine, and, and very, very efficiently. And so that causes them more problems hormonally and things like that. But it's definitely, it definitely does get a bad rap. It's usually got too much sugar in it. We, I was on a trip with a couple friends of mine and uh, this guy bought a one of those cold Starbucks Frappuccino deals and it had 50 grams of sugar in it. So like two Coca-Colas? 50 grams of sugar. <laughs> I don't I don't eat 50 grams of sugar in two days. No. You know, and it's like I have a little bit, but it's definitely not that much. And it's usually just sugar that's in stuff, whether it be fruit or whatever, you know, it's not intentional sugar. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. So drink coffee if you want, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Black preferably. Yeah. Black would be the best, the best guess. And if, if you're sensitive to caffeine, it makes you jittery and stuff like that. You can go like half calf or anything. We made a note here. We could probably do a whole episode on that guys. If y'all have any questions on any of this stuff and you want some more in-depth answers, um, be sure to reach out and let us know. Yeah, I'd be happy to go more in depth on a lot of stuff. I've got a huge thing over here of just individual stuff that we can cover and just go Deep. hours on. <laughs> I think let's kind of let's kind of just recap on some of this stuff, and we'll, we can kind of end it there. And just this will be you well. Know, we not, have to we because we had the um, the salt deal last time. Oh, salt! Yeah, yes. there it is. Because you um, you mentioned with most people you work with they get way too much salt yes. and uh obviously as americans we definitely eat too much salt where me on the other hand i kind of supplement with salt a little bit um and when i say that it's like when i go to the gym i'll crack a little bit of himalayan sea salt into into my water 
especially during the summer when I'm, you know, sweating on the car ride over. So let's, let's, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit and the difference in why that is versus just the standard American diet, right? Yeah. So we know a lot of, and when we talk about like processed stuff, like stuff that is made different to where, from where it came from. Um, like it came off of a tree, we put it in this bar form and to make it last forever, we loaded it with a bunch of other stuff and we changed it. And, and usually that process involves putting a shit ton of salt in it. And uh, salt makes things taste good. But if you're eating a lot of processed foods, that's where you get way too much salt. It adds up quick. I know that uh, some of the folks that I work with when they start recording their foods and if they have a lot of processed foods in there, their salt. And this is excluding any salt that they may add on their own mm -hmm. because most people when they're tracking their food won't add in the dash of salt that they threw on right. or the 25 shakes of salt that they threw onto it. But just from packaged foods and, and salt that's in the foods, they tend to fall into like the, uh, the five to 6,000 milligram a day range, which is... If you don't know, that's really high. <laughs> it's basically like you're carrying a block of salt around with you and just licking it all throughout the day. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is when we start monitoring sodium intake and start ditching some of those foods and we get it down below like 2,500 to 2,000 in a day, all of a sudden weight starts falling off mm -hmm. and they start, they don't hold on to as much water. You get rid of this bloated kind of feeling and look. And I, I think it's, it's something that's kind of misunderstood uh, salt is because it's definitely necessary, yep. just not in high doses. Yep. And it is a lot about branding, right? Yeah. Super, uh, super high. Because like uh, if you, if you see a product and it says low salt, you think, oh, that's good for you. But if you see like a Gatorade and, and it says, oh, this has electrolytes in it. Oh, that's the same thing. Most of the time when, when people just say electrolytes, most of that's just salt. Newsflash. <laughs> <laughs> like there are different electrolytes, but they tend to be more expensive. <laughs> and so they'll just say it has high in electrolytes. So this is salt. So you got to be super careful with that. But yeah, if you are eating super duper clean and you're cooking and you're not putting a lot of salt in your food and you're not, uh, you're not having like an electrolyte drink, um, like a powder or you're not like I do, like putting Himalayan sea salt or any salt, not really matter. Um, important note, Himalayan sea salt, it's got like a really good wrap and probably for a pretty good reason. It's got trace minerals, probably a little better for you. It tastes better for me. That's why I eat it. Um, but it's not iodized, it doesn't have iodine in it. And if you're low in iodine, that can cause um, like thyroid issues because iodine binds with your thyroid hormone and it activates it. And so you got to be a little bit careful with that. If you're only eating, eating Himalayan sea salt, you need to be eating like the, um, uh, like sushi or, uh, like seaweed, you know, those seaweed wraps are pretty good. Shellfish is high in iodine. Yep. Um, so you got to be careful on the other hand, but yeah, if you're, if you're eating super duper clean and you're like, I feel a little bit lightheaded, I don't feel very like feel a little uneasy, probably just need like a little bit of salt, um, maybe a little bit of magnesium. And it'll kind of, it'll, it'll actually help you hold a little bit of water because you're probably not holding enough water if you're not eating any salt. So on the flip side of that, when, you know, I've, I've run into issues myself where there's days 
where my sodium intake will be like 500 because of that issue. You make your own food and usually the only amount of, cause I don't, I don't season my stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. So when I do those, have days like that, eggs have natural sodium in them. Mm -hmm. And that's generally where it will come from. And then by the end of the day, you're like, okay, well, 500. For me, the sweet spot is about 1500 to 2000. I start getting over that and I start holding on to water. Mm -hmm. Most people are eating too much and not losing weight when they want to lose it. So that could be one of the things they need to pay attention to if that's the case. Yep. Now we can wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so eat a lot of fiber. Eat a pretty good amount of protein. You have your, what, what's your recommendations with all the... Yeah, and so I was going to do actually a video this next week and kind of mention it here and then kind of go in depth on a video about it to put out to the gym. Um, we have recommendations that I we start people with and that's just kind of eyeballing and portioning with people. Yeah. So I like a palm size of protein, a thumb amount of fat, a fist of vegetables and then a, a cupped hand full of carbs that's one of the best things i've found to be able to give some sort of control yep. with people and then you say okay well based on those parameters i want you to eat this many of that a day so like i want you to have four or five palms of protein in a day however you want to four or five thumbs of fat four or five cupped hands of carbs and then four or five fists of vegetables, and then you just kind of balance it out. However, now the, the best way to do it, I think, is just having those balanced meals with a little bit of fat, some protein, some vegetables, and some carbs. Can't go wrong with that. You know, it's funny because as, as you're going through and I'm trying to envision all of the portion sizes that you're recommending, and I'm eating the same like percentage portion wise as you're recommending, because I don't I don't track as strictly as you do, but at the same time, I'm doing the same amount of portions, but like 150% of what you just recommended. <laughs> just eat a little bit, it was like a little bit more. Um, well, and so the flip side of that, since we're, we're kind of wrapping it up and kind of not like we were talking about energy earlier, you know, depending on what your body type is and things like that, we're like, okay, well, we make those same recommendations, but I go, instead of four to five cupped hands of carbs, I want you to have six or seven mm -hmm. because you're a little bit more active or, Hey, you need to lose a little bit of body weight. We're going to drop the cupped hands of carbs down by a couple and maybe add in a thumb or two of fat. Mm -hmm. And the beauty about all that is your hands go everywhere. With you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you're eating out at a, at a meal with some friends, you can say, Oh, okay, well, there's my, there's my protein. Here's this, here's this instead of, well, they put this plate down in front of me and I'm going to eat it all mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, or you can distribute however you want to do it. But the bottom line with that is it's, it's a good balance of everything. I think. Yep. Yeah. And, and if you get, if you get too far to, to, to one side, I, I don't think you're getting the most out of it unless you are like sick and you need to be ketogenic. Yes. Yeah. So also important to note is you have protein pretty rock solid. You, you, you just changed carbs and fat. And, and there's always this argument about like, is a calorie a calorie, yada, yada, yada. Like, yes, calories are calories with the exception kind of asterisk protein calories, because 
if you overconsume protein, you're way less likely. It's like almost impossible to store protein as fat. We all in in the past like five, 10 years, it seems like we've all been arguing over like low fat, low carb, blah, blah, blah. Protein is the rock, like the foundation, I feel, of of most diets, at least in the terms of um, macronutrients. And it, it, it should be specifically yeah. for the reasons that you pointed out right yep. there. It's if you sat down and ate a lot of, it's impossible to eat too much protein. Yeah. Like you just can't physically eat enough to, or it's, I don't know it. If you've ever sat down and had like an eight ounce chicken breast, which is huge, it's a ton of meat. Yeah. And so it fills you up too. And I, I think there's a, there's a couple of books that are namely out there. And I think that's why people tend to migrate into that like carnivore style diet because it's, you know, protein is, should be the base of any yep. quality program, but it's just what you mentioned earlier about leaning too far one way. Yeah. But it shouldn't be the only thing. Yep. And the other huge, huge, huge thing is fiber. Hey, where do we get fiber from? <laughs> Plants. <laughs> Weird, huh? <laughs> yeah. So protein, fiber are, are should be the the basis of ninety five percent of people's diets, probably, um, unless you have some weird stuff going on. Um, protein and fiber are super important. A little bit of a little bit of starch, depending on your activity level. Um, water, coffee if you want it. Lots and lots of plants. Not a whole lot coming out of wrappers. Like even even the. Um, uh, RX bars, the ingredients aren't bad, but they're still a brick of calories. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they're really like easy to eat. Like I can eat like I can eat a box. I can eat a box right now. Dates. And I'm not even that hungry. <laughs> dates are uh so calorically dense. And so that kind of brings up the last point there about calories are, are calories, but they're not all created equal in my opinion. Nope. Quality definitely matters. Yep. In that respect, because if you're going to sit down and eat a meal, you get so much more for your body with a meal with a quality protein, some good fat like olive oil or avocado, a good heaping pile of vegetables and some, let's say like a, a little bit of sweet potato versus a hamburger. Yep. Just the micronutrients, the balance of the macronutrients works a lot more in your favor than shitty fast food or something like that. Yep. <laughs> Quality is huge. And the, if it fit your macros team, oftentimes tends to kind of skimp on quality just to get their macronutrients that they need for the day. And I think they're, they're missing a little bit um, on the performance side and on the longevity health side because of it, even though you, you can be really, really shredded and you, yeah, you can't. You can only eat Snickers every single day and just and burn that off and lose weight. Yeah, you can. But like Jurassic Park, the question is not can we, it's should we. You know, just because we can make dinosaurs and set them off in a park and invite children over to the park doesn't mean like we should. It doesn't seem to work out most of the time. Ian Malcolm, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Yeah, I think if, if, if there was any take home from this hour and 26 minutes that we've been doing this. Three-parter. is Yeah, three-parter. <laughs> it's the last five minutes of this. Like we could have just summed this whole thing up just by saying that in particular was, if you want a good diet, guys, it's gonna be a balance of all those things. If you wanna drink some coffee, have at it. Just know that you have may have some consequences based on your lifestyle choices. Yep. Get good sleep, eat salt in somewhat moderation from either ends. Protein and fiber. Protein and fiber is the base, solid. Uh, I think next time we're gonna talk about sleep. Yeah. Sleep will be a good one. And like I said, I've just been forming notes over here on stuff. Dude, we can go so deep into nutrition, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, sleep, we can kind of have some fun with because I, I, I really like that one. It's a big one. So we'll get into that one next time. We can make this one a, a three-part series for y'all. And then uh, we'll come back at you with sleep and hopefully something you can get, you know, that benefits you from that show. So uh, until next time, we'll talk to you then, I guess. See you later, alligators. All right.